sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hello and welcome. I'm Victoria. And I'm Serena. And together, we're Femme Noir. This podcast is all about women, specifically in film. We're going to review and analyze movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. And we can't wait for you to join us. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, in this episode of Femme Noir Podcast, we are going to be talking about the film Spencer that came out in 2021, directed by Pablo Lorraine. The film covers a critical weekend in the early 90s when Princess Diana decided her marriage to Prince Charles wasn't working and that she needed to veer from a path that put her in line to one day be queen. Um, So as always, we're going to start off with uh, how we saw the movie advertised, trailers, posters, anything we saw on social media, then we'll go into our first impressions after watching the film and discuss more critically things that worked um, and things that didn't. Then we'll do our FMF, which might be hard with this movie, actually, I didn't even think about that. Um, (laughs) And we'll discuss the big nine production positions behind the scenes and how and where uh, women are included in them. Um, and then we'll rate the movie and then give you recommendations based on if you like this movie. Alright. Um, I can't remember how I first saw this movie. I'm a really big fan of Kristen Stewart. I think that she is amazing, even though a lot of her roles don't get a lot of recognition, but I just think she's a really cool person. (laughs) Um, and when I heard that she was going to be in a movie like this, I was kind of nervous. I think I told you that I thought it was going to be lame like the bombshell movie. Sorry to Margot Robbie, but that movie was awful. I only saw a bit of it and I did not (laughs) want to see the rest. Um, and usually, uh, sort of like Doc not documentaries but biopics like like, can sort of be in in a they can be very hollywood in a way that i don't enjoy um yeah and i wanted to see the french dispatch i was going to movies with a friend and he wanted to see spencer and so i was like okay we'll see spencer and it blew me away it was the best movie to see in the theaters it was just fantastic i was so impressed i am pretty sure that i um heard about this movie through instagram like oh my movies as i say this every single time um yeah i guess if anyone's listening and they make a game of like take a shot for every time someone says this almost every episode you would be able to take a shot for serena saying she found out about a movie through instagram (laughs) (laughs) the algorithm knows what you like it does i'm pretty sure it was like a hollywood reporter thing and Mm -hmm. it was literally just saying like oh Kristen Stewart was just cast in 
a film to play the role of Princess Diana, and I was like, cool. And then I thought nothing of it for, like, months. And then finally, I think the, the poster came out, and I was like, oh my goodness, it's gorgeous. Like, excuse me? <laughs> um, and so... Yeah, I got, like, really excited, and then I was like, I'm gonna follow everything about this movie. And... Yeah, I just, I watched it, uh, I wanted to see it in theaters so bad, actually, and I didn't get to, so I, I think I ended up watching it on Hulu, and it's so good, like, I'm almost upset that it's so good, (laughs) like, just, (laughs) like, like, the movie ended, and I literally was like, oh, let me just, like, I should watch it again, like, that was my immediate thought. I do want to say, um, actually, I want to say a couple things um, that we definitely wanted to, to talk about uh, more Oscar um, n- uh, fucking movies that were nominated for Oscars. Um, but Power of the Dog is the only one that was written and directed by a woman. <laughs> Dude, I know. Um, so it's it's going to be a, a little bit difficult to kind of like we're kind of trying to shoehorn a couple of these like into the like our niche um and so spencer is going to be one of them but this one was not written or directed by a woman um so just a disclaimer um about that because we typically try to do ones that have women like in those those positions specifically but this one is not one of those it's mainly just the subject matter um and then another yeah, thing i think I we've only mention- done like three movies that are not written or directed by a woman that are just like starring a woman yeah like gunpowder milkshake um atomic blonde atomic blonde that might be it maybe ma rainey oh was that oh yeah yeah you're right you're right Yeah, yeah 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 so um yeah, it's slim pickings, so we're doing our best out here, because we do <laughs> like to participate in conversations about the Oscars, but of course, I mean, year after year, it's just disappointing in that respect. Um, <laughs> Which is kind of the point. <laughs> yeah. The fact that we're trying to talk about them, and there's not enough to actually talk about is like, yeah. Yeah, like if we that's... did an Oscars episode, it would just be Power of the Dog. <laughs> oh, I think, uh, what's it? Maggie Gyllenhaal's movie. Is it nominated for an Oscar? Uh, not the movie itself, but oh. um, the girl that plays the the young version of the main character was nominated for oh, I supporting love actress. Her. I, I hope she gets it. She was Dude. fantastic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we're talking about that one next. Oh, wait. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That one, I guess, counts as... Yeah, because I was looking at, like, best screenplay and best director, and there were no women, and I was like, whatever. But then I guess Lost Daughter would count, because it does have a nomination, technically. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then about this movie, the other thing I wanted to mention is that I saw that um, Prince Henry, or who is Meghan Markle's husband? Is it Prince Henry? What's his name? Prince William? Yes. Shit. Before I get this fucked up. Whatever the older kid is. The one that remembers, like, all the stuff that happened to his mom is the one that's married to Meghan Markle. Which is why they made all the decisions they did. I'm pretty sure. Prince Harry. Okay, so I wanted to disclaim that Prince Harry um, actually 
uh, is like self boycotting the movie he thinks it's like really disrespectful like towards his mom and the whole thing like he hasn't seen it he's like uh, they're trying to like avoid Kristen Stewart in all like um, like what's it called okay like all the the dinners and all that kind of stuff that they're invited to they like hate her um, because they just huh. hate, hate the movie um, which is like that I, it's just so interesting really interesting I love this movie and I just thought yeah it was the fantastic. movie did like a really good job of like in my opinion one of the things that I thought was so great about it was because it like protected her <laughs> yeah I didn't think it like villainized her at all oh it absolutely didn't and I think that they did a really good job with that yeah um and I like and I wanted to disclaim that all of my opinions are as someone that knows nothing about Princess Diana I literally just know that she is no longer with us and that is it like <laughs> I know that my mom really liked her growing up and I guess she was an icon but um I didn't know anything yeah. about her story not nothing about her marriage I went into this knowing nothing about her and then I walked out of the movie wanting to know everything um dude yeah yeah so I, I like I'm kind of in the same boat the only thing I really know is that like when everything was happening with uh Meghan Markle that they like kept drawing parallels so that's the only like reference I have or like whatever those articles like took from the past and were like saying oh yeah it's similar like they were going through similar things and like the family and like like feeling not like protected and whatever but yeah like she's unfortunately a little out of my timeline definitely of knowledge definitely yeah <laughs> like my mom also is one of the she's like oh princess diana's like an icon like fashion icon she was so nice like we loved her it was right. so horrible like when we found out that she like died and even that i guess is controversial but right yeah exactly um, and that's one of the things I appreciated about the movie because I think that is one of the more like iconic, not iconic, that's a, cut that out. I think that um, her death is something very widely known and I appreciated mm. the fact that at the end of the movie it makes no illusion to that. Um, it shows yeah. them just like getting food and being happy. It gives you the cutest freaking ending I've ever seen in my yeah. entire life. Like I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> It's kind of like one of those things, like, I think someone said something similar um, when it came to Margot Robbie playing, why am I blanking on her name? Sharon? Shannon? The bombshell? Tate? Oh. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Because that character also had, like, a really, like, sad ending. Mm -hmm. And so, like, essentially the goal of her character in this movie was to be like oh but like what if she like had a happy ending and like didn't die but then like it really didn't do anything because she just did nothing in the movie she just in once upon a time in hollywood yeah oh and someone was like i wish they would have like actually given us a moment to like appreciate the fact that she like got a happy ending in this movie instead of just like treating her like an object Mm. <sighs> <sighs> yeah um yeah like I definitely felt like it was it was a little bit um breaking that fourth wall like 
it i i don't know i don't know what i was expecting i kind of expected a, a, like an allusion to it just because hollywood will do that they love shock value yeah. and they love to just like rip the rug out from under your feet but um i think it it did it did that on purpose like it knew that people thought it was coming and it purposely said no we're not going to do that and i felt no. like there was a mo- <laughs> like it was so yeah one 180 it was so on the opposite spectrum of an ending that i was just like wow they totally did that on purpose like they really wanted to yeah just, like, like gotcha. i was waiting for it and yeah. i was like oh my gosh i'm obsessed with this yeah it was fantastic <laughs> it was the only like good moment in the movie which was just sweet because it still made sense like she loves her kids yeah. and she wanted you know to have that like intimate moment with them and a very normal mm-hmm. moment like that was the whole point she hated the yeah glamour, where they the didn't royalty. have to be royals for a second yeah so it totally made narrative sense and it made you know sense for their character development and it just was a perfect ending um yeah yeah super great and the fact that she like knew her kids didn't necessarily want to do anything that they were being forced to do like kid didn't want to shoot guns <laughs> they were ecstatic to go with their mother it's wonderful yeah i think that um i mean i don't know like kristen stewart playing a character that's like not her um i was like kind of hesitant i definitely was like i don't know i can't i couldn't imagine her like doing the accent doing the like switching the behavior and and sort of taking on that like like method sort of role um it was like she was unrecognizable i was like this is not the same person that has done all those like indie movies and where she's kind of like putting a little bit of herself in there like there was yeah she was and i feel like that might be why people like for some reason don't consider her like the great of an actress after like twilight and stuff because i feel like people also forget that she was like a child actress like she was in like a lot of movies as a kid oh i didn't know that like she was in like the uh like a wrinkle in time and like catch that kid where they like played actual characters and like did stunts and like all of that stuff i forgot about catch that kid i loved that movie. right <laughs> love that movie um and then like Twilight happened and everyone was like, oh my gosh, this movie's the worst. Meh, meh, meh. And then, like, both of them kind of had to just drop off the face of the earth for a while before they could start acting again. And then when she emerged, she kept, she like got a bunch of roles playing characters that were close to her, like, and like she could infuse her personality into. And so a lot of people were like, oh, it's just Kristen Stewart being Kristen Stewart. But I love that this movie came out and that she actually is nominated for this role because it really, like, reminded people, like, yeah, she's an actress. She can act. (laughs) And I'm, like, so happy because, like, I'm so tired of her not being taken seriously. And I'm just, like, thank the Lord. Finally. Yeah, I definitely think that Robert Pattinson is kind of similar in that he like typecasted himself like i know that he was going after roles yeah. that he wanted to do but they were all sort of just like that same strange like outcast kind of character and he like but he wanted to do that like with the lighthouse yeah and with, um good time and, and all kinds of movies um and so but then yeah for both of them to kind of do something mainstream i remember robert pattinson said that it was sort of out of um like necessity to keep his name in in headlines and to like make money um but they i think that it's just interesting or it's good for people to know that 
I think that people equate sort of like how much like how popular the movie is and how much money the movie makes with the participants like skill level yeah um and I think that yeah when a movie like Twilight comes out and you just don't like the movie it it it, it's attributed to the skill level of the actors and the participants and that kind of stuff yeah because the same thing happened um, with freaking Andrew Garfield with Spider-Man. They didn't like Spider-Man 2 when it first came out. And they exactly. were like, Andrew Garfield who? And we're like, dude, he's been a great actor. And then this one comes out and they're like, oh, we like this one. This guy's awesome. Remember when he was in Spider-Man 2? Yeah, Tick, Tick, Boom, right? Or what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he's in Tick, Tick, Boom too. And yeah. that one like got a bunch of traction Fantastic. because he's in it. And I'm yeah. just like, bro... <laughs> He's always been good. Yeah. Y'all been sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> been yeah, sleeping just, on Andrew. Yeah. Poor Andrew. It's unfortunate <laughs> when, like, the taste of the movie or when, like, the movie itself as a product doesn't receive a lot of attention because I feel like the actors are affected in proportion to that. Um, so that yeah. that's just something that is a bummer. That was something, that was a problem I always have with Twilight was if just feel like it was poorly written. I don't think it was the actor's yeah. fault at all. I just think it was just, <laughs> like, an awful script. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. But obviously people aren't going to make that distinction, and that's just something yeah, that's like, always bothered me. Yeah. And I feel like in the same realm as, like, the fact that the movies that get nominated for Oscars aren't really generally seen by a lot of the general public has to do with that is because they're not made for the general public and so because of that like the people that get oscars and that are like critically acclaimed like also don't make that much money from big blockbuster stuff like unless they go and do mm -hmm. that after they've gotten the recognition like that'll happen a lot but it's never like in the reverse which is interesting Ooh, right what do you now. mean in the reverse well like like Kristen Stewart has had a name for being in just an objectively bad movie mm. <laughs> and now she's being nominated for an Oscar right for being in a money for being in a movie that like like just box office wise like what's never gonna make as much as an opening of Twilight you know right that is so interesting that you say that because I remember watching the Oscars in 2019. Oh no, it was 2020, but it was like 2019 movies. And I remember mm -hmm. that um, Antonio Banderas was kind of saying something similar when, because he was nominated for um, Dolori Gloria, Pain and Glory. And yeah. um, I was watching the red carpet and they were interviewing him and he was like, I never thought that something like from my country would ever get this big. Like if I had known that, I would have just done that like I never would have just gone after yeah. this. he tried for all those sort of American blockbuster and all that kind of stuff and it was this know, he sort of absolutely obscure hates movie. his character and Shrek <laughs> I yeah that was it Puss in Boots yeah and so uh -huh. it's like yeah for him oh to do God. something that yeah it's like authentic to him and it's it definitely did not make as much as as Shrek <laughs> it was not you know that glam that um widely known of a role but he was nominated for it and so yeah yeah I think that that's really interesting the way that that it's works interesting yeah because i feel like who's the other person um the same thing can happen with like adam driver like he was doing indie movies for a while and then oh with noah bomback star right? wars what's his name yeah noah yeah. bomback yeah. And then Star Wars happened. And I think he was also in a 
in some of Greta Gerwig's movies. Um, yeah, and then Star Wars happened, and it was like, yeah, he's like really big, but now he's not really doing like the cool like indie stuff. Like he did uh, House of Gucci, but I wouldn't consider that like a small indie movie. You Definitely know, like that yeah. obviously had a bunch of money behind it. Like oh, they got yeah. Lady Gaga. Who honestly, okay. She served. What a snub. <laughs> no, I know. I, I know she's actually mad. livid that she did not get nominated. Like, are you kidding me? I know. She was the only good accent in that whole movie. Everyone sucked so bad at doing that accent, but she was giving. Like, yeah, like I was Jared. L- what? Yeah, that was <laughs> pretty crazy. She was really good in that movie. Oh my gosh, she did amazing. Yeah, I was pretty like, shocked. Wow. And for how much, like, public not publicity, but she was doing a lot of interviews, you know, all that shit where she was saying, like, oh, I had a psychologist on set, <laughs> like, all this stuff. Yeah, she was doing because like, she did most... straight method, and, like, that's not generally, like, she <laughs> does not, like, actress is, like, a new thing. Like, she's not, like, like clinically trained clinically trained classically <laughs> trained or whatever oh, right, 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 right. like in acting like right. this is something that she's getting into and to do that well i'm sorry i definitely should have been nominated because yeah. like she carried that movie honestly carried that movie it was the only memorable performance of the movie like i think jared leto is a close second but she yeah you're right (laughs) she was the heart of and like if she had been in any other movie with that amount of acting like it still would have been considered absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. another year another another me being really upset at the oscars (laughs) (laughs) And, like, can you believe that Lost Daughter didn't get, like, more nominations? I mean, if we're going to do Lost Daughter later, I won't want to, like, get into it. But I um, did not like it that much, honestly. I think I just, like, didn't get it. Yeah, and that's, like, Oscar's porn right there. They (laughs) love that kind of stuff. Are you kidding me? I will say I'm shocked because it got nominations at so many other award shows. And it won at, like, a lot of other award shows. Um, and so that is pretty crazy. It did not get an Oscars nom because it, a lot of yeah. other award shows have recognized it and Oscars were just like, no. Especially as like her directorial debut. That was really good. Mm-hmm. That's sexism right there. <laughs> anyway. I'm excited Let's to hear your Lost Daughter thoughts. <laughs> this movie. I, I feel like I have to watch it again. Okay. So, there's a there's a nice little preview for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want you to like help me see what what is so good about it. But Spencer was just uh, like I was so floored. Yeah, this one I could definitely oh watch it again. The thing that kept coming to my head every time like there was a scene was just like how good the cinematography was like it was so good that i actually looked up the cinematographer after i was like who the heck is the cinematographer because wow like just not even just because like the shots were pretty or whatever but the way that it paralleled the story and told the story itself like half the like if you had listened to it on mute and like 
like you would have been able to tell what was going on just by visually what was happening yes and it was awesome true yeah <laughs> like especially i think the the thing they did they did this like they did a lot of wide shots with uh diana really small in the frame mm. and it was awesome because like obviously you could tell that that was like like that was probably one of the more like obvious ones where it was like oh yeah diana feels like an outsider and like all this grandeur and like everything else is so like strong and up and tidy and like you know royal and regal around her and then like every frame would just make her look really small and then she would have like conversations with people like there's a there's the scene where she's talking to her husband in uh like his across yeah with the pool table yes and like literally it starts off with like a still frame and it cuts it like cuts in between them and both of them are not really like big in the frame like he's definitely closer in the frame than she is and then towards the end of the conversation when they're just like yeah no we're at an, we're at a disagreement right now the camera starts pulling away and so literally she's shrinking in the frame and he's shrinking in the frame and there's so much space being created between them and it's absolutely brilliant <laughs> i didn't even notice that <sighs> Whoa. Oh, it was so good. I was like, I wow. Chef's kiss. (laughs) I love that scene. Yeah, honestly, there were a lot of memorable scenes. And not to get ahead of myself, but I think that's something that like with the lost daughter, it's like I already forgot a lot of what happened in it. But then with this one, I saw this one like in November. But I still remember so much of it, like, so vividly. It's so... Ingrained. <laughs> like, it is, It is like, immaculate, yeah. The yeah. way From the way that it looks to the things that they say to the things that happen. Oh, my God. Literally, Ugh. like, the theater had, like, a collective physical reaction when she hurts herself with the pliers. Oh, my God, yeah. <gasps> literally, every, you could see everyone, like, jump. <laughs> it was, like, per- it was just perfect. The suspense of it, because that's another thing, like... This one, it, it's a biopic, but it's also, like, a suspense. It's, it's very like a suspenseful. It, yeah. It, honestly, okay, it kind of reminded me of Shiva Baby. Like, they have very similar styles <gasps> oh, where they would do that, that really, like, close-up. Yeah, I will. Where yes. they do, like, the close-up uh, of their faces while things are happening around them and just, like, the long takes of them reacting or trying not to react to things was so good. And then, like, the long walking shots with the like chaotic music it was just ugh, so good yes definitely definitely agree yeah because the whole thing just takes place like in the grounds i mean there's that first scene where she's like going to her house there's that yeah there's one scene where she like goes to her old house but most of it is just like within that like castle that mansion yeah um so it's not like and it, it's it never feels large and i think that that they do that on purpose like she's always sort of like enclosed you you never yeah, feel like she's the house always is very enclosed. big like it you, feels you can claustrophobic tell feels, yes definitely um yeah and so and it simultaneously it makes her feel claustrophobic but it makes her seem claustrophobic but it also makes you feel as though you are closer to her um mm-hmm. i feel like there are a lot of instances where she's like very close to the camera and also facing yeah, the camera but not very looking at in it, her but, head 
Yeah, like she'll close the door and turn around and face the camera. And it's like, yeah. it's like the movie is saying it's just you guys. And and it's like a weird sort of like intimacy that they create with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing. And it felt so much like being more than like a spectator. It was amazing how they were able to do that. And I like how they intercut the story of like Anne Boleyn. Oh, and, yeah. Like, I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting like a. I was, I was just like, oh, what a nice little happy surprise. There's not only is it like a straight biopic, but also they're doing some like psychological thriller things in here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, totally, so cool. Because yeah. <laughs> there's like a scene where she's yeah. like saying like, um, like tell them I'm not well, and then it like cuts to Anne Boleyn saying, tell them I'm not well. And then it cuts back to her saying it. And then it cuts to Anne Boleyn, but instead it's not Anne Boleyn. It's Kristen Stewart as Anne Boleyn. And I was like, wait, that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I liked it so much. Cause it didn't seem like a bio. It just seemed like a narrative film. Like you, yeah. like she could just be a character. If she was not based on a real person, this yeah. would be an amazing movie still. Like you don't yeah. have to know her. The storytelling is so good. Yeah. And like all the little like, like secret code things. That was another thing that the cinematography really helped with. Not like the coding, but how like uh militaristic everything in the castle was versus like how she was with like her kids and how she was like on her own because like when she's on her own you've got these like really fun like like as you said like wonky kind of close-up shots like there's some weird like movements and stuff like that where it's a little bit more organic and then you'll go into like oh it's a dinner scene table and it's just like stagnant shots and it's it's like it's so interesting like very like the kitchen scenes where everyone's just saying like yes chef and it's like okay they're literally like in the kitchen but like like the opening of cross-cutting them with the the military coming in and delivering them the supplies was genius to me yeah no totally I think it kind of adds because I think was it you that I was talking with Euphoria about Euphoria not to give Euphoria Probably. like a bunch of credit but like you were saying I think that like in Euphoria you can't really tell what's real and what's fake did we talk oh, about yeah, that? Oh yeah like the unreliable narrator type thing. Yeah um and I remember kind of bagging on Euphoria for that like I can't remember what I said but I remember being like mm, I don't know but in this movie definitely it's that same sort of thing where yeah it, you don't know what is real yeah because yeah. like not only is there like the Anne Boleyn thing but there's the thing with the pearls oh that messed where me she's up. sitting at the dinner table and she yeah. like breaks the pearl necklace into her soup and then yeah. eats the pearl yeah and then throws them up yeah I was like did she actually do that <laughs> exactly like I still don't know exactly and normally i think i hate that sort of ambiguity i'm like just commit to it but i think that this one because then even even when she like hurts herself with the thing it's not clear if she actually did that or not you don't know yeah because they don't ever show her arm after that either i yeah i remember looking and i like didn't I, yeah see, i was like, looking a, for it. an injury yeah um 
and that sort of thing I think that enhances like everything that happens in the movie because that's one of the main sort of um motifs is just her distrust like her like yeah her lack of safety around everyone um she, mm-hmm. she like she herself doesn't know what's real and what's not and i think that that is like from the beginning, yeah like she's person, not sure what's like a like what's being done to her if yeah. it's like an actual like is it them or is it actually like a safety protocol thing like with the curtains yeah yeah because the pearls thing happens like i think in like the first 10 minutes it's really early on that that happens and then there just keeps being things that like are you you don't even know if it's if it's real or not um yeah pretty much everything in the movie because i remember like that whole thing with her like friend loving her and like there's a gay thing like i don't even the, know like handmade the what yeah like i wasn't sure because like yeah. her like like lady in waiting changes because yes. they send her away yeah and then she hallucinates that it's her friend as her lady-in-waiting again and she's like oh they brought you back this is awesome and then she snaps out of it and she's like wait what the heck and then the next time she shows up she's like are you real and so i guess you're just supposed to believe that she's real at that point but like i'm still not quite sure exactly and i just thought that was fantastic there's so it is so easy like it's just oh my god the line between making something that like perfectly ambiguous it's so evenly balanced between it could be one way or the other i don't know how they just achieved that level of mastery it's so incredible it was so good yeah um okay i don't know about fmf though there were like no guys in this movie (laughs) there was the chef the prince and that oh god old dude that made a fuss about her being weighed in the beginning and like kept popping up at the worst times oh my god the guy who plays charles was in the lost daughter what who's charles Also, one of the guys from Hill House is in Lost Daughter. Really? Yeah, like, the guy that put He's in, like, the the first three, I think. Definitely in the first two. Because he plays the, the, like, drug addict brother in the first season, and then the second season he plays the, the, like, groundskeeper guy that, like, falls in love with the lady that like has the curse and then he like gives himself the curse so that they can be together what it took me so long (laughs) also spoilers sorry if you haven't seen the haunting of uh bly manor but like you should watch it it's so good (laughs) yeah who is this it says his name is charles that was that was the prince Okay. I don't know who he was in The Lost Daughter. Joe? <laughs> I think the guy that cheats. No, that's Paul Misko. I don't know either. I don't know. Anyhow. Joe. I don't remember yeah, I don't Joe. Know. Um, okay, so we can do 
Charles. We can do uh, Darren McGrady, which I think is the chef guy. Chef? Right? Yeah, this guy. Wow, you didn't even have to tell me that he was a McGrady. He looks like a McGrady. <laughs> so That's Scottish. That's a scary name. His actual name is Sean Harris. <laughs> I'm just stuck on this guy. Um, and then we could do... Who was Prince Edward? He a kid? No. Yeah. I don't remember him. I don't know. Everyone kind of looked the same, but... Prince Edward was played by Matthias Wolkowski. Do you remember seeing a man that looks like this? <laughs> no. Me either. But he's listed <laughs> on there. <laughs> I... <laughs> Interesting. Oh, he they're like in the family photo. <laughs> I don't know. There's no other guys. <laughs> Except for the old dude, which like I'm I don't not putting do him in this. <laughs> yeah. We're excluding him. So we'll do Charles, Prince Edward, and then the chef guy. Just the chef was looks, nice. I guess. Huh? The chef was nice. He was. He was an ally. He Not made the pudding way. just for her. Um. Yeah, just based on looks, I like the way that Prince Edward looks the best. In so, that picture, though. Yeah. He looks way better in that picture than he does in this movie. Oh, so you remember? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like him in that picture, so I'm just going to go make up his Google image picture. And I would fuck him, and then I'd probably marry the chef, and then I'll friend zone yeah. Charles. Yeah. No, I'd probably do the same. That's, yeah, that's a given. Awesome. Okay, now on to, uh, reluctantly, now on to the big nine. Um, Yo, I talked about cinematography. I know that lady, that that role is a lady. It and is. she killed it. She killed it. <laughs> <laughs> I give a lot of props to her, actually, because I feel like the cinematography really is significant in this film. Like, choices and shots and everything. Like, even more so than, like, just the directing of it. Because cinematographer, like, they really do choose, like, the look and style and stuff of the film. So I do give her major props. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, yeah, and that's what's unfortunate is just people just don't know. They just see the actors yeah. and they're like, oh, it's these people. But there's so many people behind the scenes that they just don't even know. Um... So yeah, cinematography was a woman. The only other categories that had women were the art directors, costume, and makeup. So writer and director, editor, composer, and sound did not include women at all. Um, yeah, because wasn't the person that did the sound like they were like a composer or something? Like all the sound, all, or like all the music or whatever. Obviously not like the radio songs, but all the like. Um, like the scoring was like done specifically for this movie by him 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he wait. He did it specifically. Why? What? Or like he did it all. Um, there's a few people credited. So for composer, I have Johnny Greenwood, and for sound, I have Miguel um, Hormazabal, and then Mauricio Lopez. It might be a different movie than I'm thinking of. Hmm. I know. I recently watched a movie where there were like original songs by so and so. So <laughs> who knows what movie that was? <laughs> I watched so many freaking movies. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of movies. Um, Lol. Being in a film class. <laughs> yeah, I. Dude, I barely have time to watch these. I know. Um, okay, so then, what would you rate the movie? Yeah, this movie was great. I wouldn't change a thing. Is that a ten? I wouldn't give it like a straight ten because okay. there were like <laughs> there were like a few things, like not yeah. not like big things, but just like smaller things that I was like. Maybe I would have changed, uh, like, right. um, like I think writing-wise of, like, why did they choose the lobsters the petrol station? The like, they made the kids seem a little bit... There's, like, this bit that she does where she's like, oh, I'm gonna get you guys something, like, really stupid. Like, oh, right, as a Christmas right, gift right. that you can open on Christmas Eve because we're not allowed to open our Christmas... Our- or on Christmas because we're not allowed to open our gifts on Christmas and she gets them like these weird stuffed animals from like the petrol station I feel like the kids could have been better written that's true they both seemed like like the same kid yeah (laughs) like you could like (laughs) there's no difference between either child that's definitely true yeah very flat. Well, like, considering <laughs> as to how they're like a major plot point for right. like her character growth, it's a little right. annoying that they're not like more three D. <laughs> so I'd probably give it like a like a nine. I totally agree. Yeah, that's yeah. The scenes with the kids were kind of weird and corny. Um, yeah. So I yeah I would say nine too because it was literally so fucking good. It was almost fucking a perfect movie. It's literally yeah, it that fucking perfect. Good. So good. Yeah. So good. Okay. And it is, it's hard to recommend. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd probably, I definitely would recommend Shiva Baby if you're into the like, like one location thriller type thing because that movie does that amazingly, but it's also a comedy. So it's like different also the same (laughs) yeah it's a little less like life it doesn't seem like her life is on the line but it definitely has that weird sort of like it's a it's a regular event but it feels suspenseful like it's yeah yeah it's not like a horror but you feel like there's something lurking there's a lot of suspense and it leads to some great comedy you know what i would actually recommend the lost daughter like if you i feel like i'm in yeah yeah. I think I was going to say the same thing. Like, it's it's also one of those very, like, ambiguous, like, stories. Yeah. Because I, like, I have questions, but, like, I liked it. I liked, overall, I think that if you liked this movie, you would probably like The Lost Daughter. 
Yeah, my mom really liked The Lost Daughter, and I think that it, it was, Lost Daughter was also trying to get at that sort of, like, you know, everyday kind of, like, adding suspense and thrills to something that yeah. just happens on the daily. Yeah, because um, that was a good feeling that you got in that one, so yeah. 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 I feel like I'm in the minority of not liking The Lost Daughter. Like, everyone that I follow on Letterboxd has, it's either four and a half or five stars, and I'm like, <laughs> damn, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I would recommend it because I think that people would really like that. It reminded me also of that movie. Um, I think it was also nominated for for an Oscar a really long time ago, a really long time ago, not that long ago. But we watched it in um, one of our classes. I think it's called The Wife. <gasps> oh, the one where she like is writing his book. Yeah, where she, like, wrote all of his books, and then, like, it's getting to the point where she's like, oh, he's getting this ridiculous nomination, but then, like, no one knows that it's her, and it's, like, getting to her. You know what? Bringing up that same class, I would actually recommend that other movie that we watched with Cillian Murphy. It's called, like, The Party. (laughs) Do you remember that one? Oh, shoot, you're right. (laughs) That one was so weird. Yeah, let me find out what it's called. Yeah. I think it was just called, like, The Party or, like, The Dinner or something. Okay, yeah, so it's called The Party. It's, like, a short. Yeah, it's 71 minutes. It came out in 2017. Our professor saw it at the Palm Springs Film Festival. Directed by Sally Porter. So this is a women-directed movie. Um, Same sort of thing. Very, very ominously weird. Thrilling. um, Crazy. Family dynamics. Yeah. Yeah really really good dang i'm so glad you remember that movie <laughs> does it is it even a movie if it's only 71 minutes um, yeah i guess so it's not a short because a short would be 45 or or less oh really so i guess it's yeah yeah i would say it's just a short movie yeah definitely enjoyable yeah that's it a good list of movies dang yeah that's like the most we've had in a y'all while y'all better watch all of these <laughs> and they're like we haven't mentioned any of these before i feel like sometimes we're like dang i've already mentioned a movie that you should watch <laughs> yeah we finally have new content Woo! yay <laughs> is there anything else we need to do are we done i think we're done that's all i have yeah, I don't have anything else. Definitely watch this movie and all the ones we just recommended. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we're going to go continue to die doing homework and schoolwork and <laughs> midterms and stuff. Um, but I hope you guys like this episode and I hope you guys uh, interact with us about Oscar stuff because uh, we're going to talk about them. So you may as well join us. Um, yeah, hope you guys are doing well. And uh, talk to you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Yay.